Welcome to the Beauty Edit podcast, a podcast solely dedicated to the nail and beauty industry. We had the pleasure of sitting down and chatting with Scratch Star finalist and friend Nikki House about her incredible journey and accomplishments throughout her career in the beauty industry. Nikki explains why she believes CPD and reputable education is imperative and together we laugh about and give a realistic insight into the life of a beauty therapist. Keep listening if you wish to hear more about Nikki, life sailing the seven seas and proof that everything happens for a reason. Hi Nikki. Hello ladies. Hello. Hi, hi. I'm very good. How are you? Yeah, thank you. Lovely to have you join us. Oh, thank you very much. I feel honoured to be asked. I'm just going to put out there as well the Chris Kardashian of the nail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've seen you recently. <laughs> that that is thanks to um, you know keeping the morale up at home with teenagers and uh, agreeing to do. Um, anything for TikTok but I don't know it was good fun <laughs> you've got to it's a good idea and like you say it keeps keeps you busy keeps you happy I've been wanting to do one but my kids won't do it with me oh I'll send them a Janelle <laughs> don't you worry <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us on the beauty edit podcast today we'd just love to know a little bit more about your career in the industry obviously we know you on a personal level too as you obviously come to Ever Pretty Beauty I Studio. Do, which I love my pamper. <laughs> <laughs> so we'd just love you to just share um, how you got into the industry. Well, obviously it's been a long time because I was just trying to think the other day and I think, oh, well, I'm 19, I'm 47 now. Um, when I started it, were actually by accident really. When I left school, I went straight to art college and did my um, foundation degree in art and design. Um, I actually got into that early, so I didn't feel ready to go to university. Yeah. And my dream throughout the entire school life um, was to be a special effects makeup artist and I was just so oh, really? focused on that. Back then, it was very limited to where you could actually do that. Uh, there were lots of private courses. Unfortunately, they just cost a fortune, and they were just way out of my league. <laughs> yeah, and that the, the life, well, the lifestyle that where my background, it just you know there were no way that that was going to happen. Unfortunately, so I knew that I wanted to go to the London College of Fashion because they ran um, a specialist makeup course there. Um, but I knew I had to wait until I was 21 until I had the classes and mature student and go off my own back. So when I finished there, I was then advised um, to go into beauty to give me kind of a, a, a backup and to help with the industry that I wanted to go into. Unfortunately, I feel at the time that I were misinformed, really, because really I should have gone into hairdressing or something like that, which would have helped my career more in makeup but I went into beauty and do you know what I never regret it because it has got to me to where I am today I've met so many people and done so many things for me everything happens for a reason. it does and it does and yeah. it, this is it you can have that destination but for me life is the journey it's not about the destination because you know we know where we're all gonna end up so it's, <laughs> it's, it's how we get there and what we do yeah. on the way yeah um, and I think with so many people go into beauty and the my this is basically what happened to us Shelby was sort of had that mindset that she was going into beauty and she wanted to do makeup you know she yeah. wanted to be a makeup artist we looked very similar to you like private courses private academies um and I said to her get your basics first you know they're your building blocks for your career but as many of us go into you know we go to college and we do as as training but you end up finding you fall into something completely different that in your mind you didn't think I always thought I would enjoy lashes I thought when it got round to that part in my like level three training I thought oh I think I'll really enjoy this and I picked up the tweezers and after about 10 minutes I was like this is horrible it's too time consuming it's too fiddly I don't have the patience I don't have the concentration for it I can't do it and that worry I've never gone near lashes I can do an eyelash tint 
but that's it. You won't catch me doing LVL or extensions. And that's something that I thought I would really enjoy doing. That, but that's it. That's it. It's until, you know, until you actually start something that you really, you know, see, you know, what's involved. And I think this is the big thing about training now. Do people really know what they're getting themselves into? Um, particularly mm. with beauty and nails. And I mean, back when I did it, because when I finished um, art college and went to beauty, I actually did what we called then um, a training for work scheme where I went to college two days a week and then I worked in salon three days a week, which for me was the most fantastic um, grounding because not only were you getting the theory side of, of things, um, but obviously yeah, you were seeing the, the, salon the proper experience. salon experience. So you really did see, you know, you were dealing with proper clients. You yeah. were dealing with the proper running of a salon and the, you know, the good and the bad of that when you're going in basically as a, a junior the jobs that you're asked to do and <laughs> you know Shelby recalls the wax pot incident oh, oh my yeah. god we've all we've all got wax pot stories oh and I've got I've got quite a few let me tell you um but no because then I did at college I did my city and gills um back then uh, which were over two years and they were obviously you did your your coursework and you had case studies but it was a final exam at the end so if you didn't pass it you just didn't pass yeah so that's, that's the same I as, think that's quite good though that was the same as my training mine wasn't like that you see mine was you had tests along the way for every sort of module that you did and really you nearly everyone passed because if you didn't get the answers right the first time you sat it again a second time and if you didn't get it right the second time I think you had a third chance as well Yes, you see, this is it. I mean, you know my story and obviously that I went into teaching. And unfortunately, that was one of the things that I didn't truly agree with yeah. in the sense that... Um, you were given the answer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying, trying to put it in a nice way. And, yeah, and a lot of it now, unfortunately, and I'm not saying everywhere is like this, but a lot are doing it for funding. They have to get the numbers passing in the, in the, you know, to enable them to get the funding for the, mm-hmm. the following year. So I really believe now in training courses where actually you go on to them and that you're not guaranteed of getting that yeah. certificate just for attending. And I strongly believe in courses that have, you know, a proper test, a proper practical mm. where you are being assessed yeah unfortunately if you don't pass then a lot of these I feel credible credible places will invite you back to to redo that and give you time to um, brush up on these things Um, I think it's like anything else though it's like yeah you might get a question wrong and you know you've got it wrong so what do you do you go back you research and you think right yeah that's that's what I, I sort of mixed up you know I got it wrong a little bit you know and it sticks in your mind then that, yeah and and you've you've got that clarity that you actually know what you're doing and what you're talking about and I think today some of the treatments that are out there are so you know intense are so complicated I mean eyelash extensions you know you waxing intimate waxing facials you know body massage and for me to think that you can do that in like a weekend is just mind-blowing when yeah. you know I've spent when you've got all the um anatomy and physiology exactly and the level you know the you, backbone of, of it and the level that you have to um you know learn that to in well but I did to gain my city and girls um certificates and I just think god the work that I did and then now it's just so easy to get some things but I think now with what's happening in the industry with allergies and things like that, I think this is something that's really being addressed now. Yeah, that things have got to change. Definitely. Yeah, I wonder if there will be something in the future, you know, along the lines of like the US, where people are required to have licenses. Well, I'm um, all for it, definitely. I think definitely surrounding the coronavirus as well. I think things are going to have, it'll see a massive change, I do believe, in in the industry well that's it you see for me with the coronavirus when this whole started and you know people were putting oh this is what I'm going to do now and this is you know the measures that I'm taking and I was like 
but why aren't you doing it why aren't you doing that already because that's part of the industry you know the the hygiene part of it you know so that were mind-boggling to me that why weren't these things in you know hand washing and yeah hand sanitizing and you know sanitizing tools and I mean everybody's guilty of becoming complacent I mean there's been times when you've thought oh you know I forgot I forgot to put the gloves on yeah, yeah. you know you know because we've always been used to working without gloves mm-hmm. over all them years and then all these products have come onto the market and we need to protect ourselves and as clients. And But there is that occasion when you think, oh, you know, like, oh my God, that. I didn't do that. Yeah. But I think it will definitely, I think in a good way, it's highlighted, you know, as going back to basics, you know, when we were at college, the first thing in your client consultation, it was like, you know, you go through your client consultation card. Um, and then the first thing you say to your clients is, I'm going to wash my hands. Yeah. yeah. And they see you wash your hands and then you sanitize their yes. hands. Yeah. You know, that, that if you if you did not do that at college, you would fail that assessment. That was the first step. If you forgot that, you might as well have not have done the rest of <laughs> done the rest. rest. <laughs> yeah. It won't gonna happen. But, yeah. but I think that's why I feel very grateful for doing that kind of training yeah. and for working in salon and particularly for the person that I work for, which were Catherine Wood, who now owns um, all of the mint salons, which are in the, yeah. the north of England, um, because she was just starting out then, but she was very focused, very driven, um, and she was so keen on getting good standards. And obviously being at a young age and seeing that, um, and I mean, it, it's down to her really that my love of nails came about because she was very much of deal with it head on obviously we all know about you know French manicures red. <laughs> well she were having none of it I think I'd been there a week and she were like right this client's got some spare time so you can do her a French manicure uh, this client's got some spare time so you can do her a red and that's yeah. how it went. That's, that's what you need. You need somebody to push you to do them things early on or else your nerves just build up more and more. And then I mean, you all know what it's like picking up the phone first time in the salon. Oh, that's we feel ourselves laughing about this. You know, writing in the appointment book. Oh, my God. You know, but now you just think, oh. Um, I remember when Shelby first started at our salon. I think you were 15. Yeah, yeah, I was still in high school. And I'd said to Shelby, right, you know, you need to answer the telephone. Oh, no, no, that's right. I said, you're going to ask her. So we'd gone to the White Rose and my mum was still here then. So there were me, my mum and Shelby. So I said, right, I'll pretend. Because obviously my background is from an office. Oh, really? I I worked in an office for years and years and years. And we used to have Mr Angry ringers. Mm -hmm. Now, Mr Angry, it was... It was a man and you would just pick up the phone and he'd just scream and shout at you down the phone and you had to control him. And it, it was just a test, basically. So I said to Shelby, you know, like going back to like the really old days, we were always taught you had to answer the phone in three rings. So I said to Shelby, right, we were having, I think we were having a KFC or something <laughs> at the time. And I said, right, Shelby, I will be Mr. Angry. So I went, bring, 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 bring. Bring, 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 bring. I went, you failed. She went, why? I went, you didn't answer in three rings. So she's like, oh, right, okay, okay. As soon as we got back to the salon, the phone rang. The phone rang, and I just picked up the phone and shoved it to Shelby's ear. (laughs) So Shelby were like, oh, and like the panic. But it's just once you do it, it becomes the norm. Getting out of your comfort zone, and that this is what it's all about all the time. It's just getting out of your your comfort zone. And even I know that now with the, the things that I've done in the last couple of years, I've really um, pushed myself. And I think that's it. You've just got to keep that. And it's that feeling. You still go back to Shelby at 15 with a heart yeah. in her mouth and thinking. Yeah. And, and I think that's what keeps you alive. I think that's what keeps. I think you can still, you can still remember that yourself, oh, though, God. can't you? Yeah. you know? I know the first salon I worked in, ever I saw full leg wax. Oh, <laughs> I'd have a sleepless night. I'd be, I'd be nearly crying. I'd be thinking, oh, I don't do it. 
I can't remember which way the hair grows. <laughs> oh my god, what if it gets stuck? What if I bruise them? Do you know? But but they're good feelings it just because comes with confidence. that's it. That shows that you care, and I think that's the thing. You know, you want to do it right. You want to do a good job. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, do you think going back to when you first started in the design, the fashion and design, do you think that's really helped you? With your creative side, oh yeah, with your nails, because obviously having the art initially and then going into beauty—that's the way that I were always focused. And I knew I were gonna—I I knew I were gonna go to the London College of Fashion. There was nothing in this world that were gonna stop me. So as soon as I well, I was twenty, obviously when I applied, and um, twenty-one when I, I started. Um, and then, you know, back then going down to London by myself didn't tell anybody that I was going for it, I had to get my portfolio and everything together. Um, and then back then, obviously, no email or anything. You knew if you'd got in, whether the big envelope dropped on your floor. Oh. And that's it, I got my big envelope and that was that. Was that. So then I went down to uh, live in London, which were a massive um, oh, step, but I enjoyed ev- so brave. every single minute of it and funded myself the whole way through um, university. So while I were down in London, I ended up working for a company called Morton Brown. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For their flagship store, which was on South Morton Street, as one of their resident makeup artists. And then I went to work at um, Harrods and Selfridges. And then I ended up being the resident makeup artist in uh, Harvey Nichols. For, for I never knew all this. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. So, that really gave me good grounding because obviously I was seeing so many people on a daily basis yeah. um, doing makeup and I think then your confidence really builds it. Just dealing with people, talking to people and working in that environment. Uh, then when I finished university, unfortunately, back then, living in London, it had just literally cost me so much money that I had to move back north. So I came back and got a transfer to Havinix at um, Leeds. And then started working for a company called Trish McAvoy, again, as one of their makeup artists in there. All in mind that I wanted to work for Yorkshire TV. Um, so all this time oh, right, yeah. I were doing, um, going for trade tests and interviews then, and I literally had all my eggs in one basket. That is what I was going to do. And I got down to the final five and unfortunately didn't get it and it came as a massive massive blow um because i mean literally my whole dream my whole life was on that uh went into a little bit of a downward spiral um but then just a chance meeting in um having x one day with a girl that i used to work with had come in to see me and she would now then working on the cruise ships and obviously explained oh. the situation went out with her and telling her about everything she's like come come and work on ships you know and she's like oh yeah so easy come work on ships um i'll have a whale of a time she went, it'll put your mind off it it'll get you out of debt you know you'll see the world you'll have a right time and then you can come home and you know start your journey again yeah fabulous that's what i do so obviously then i applied to steiner and went down to their training academy did their trade test interview yeah got on with them what was their recruitment sort of lie because I I don't know anyone that's done it apart from you but I've heard that it is quite a hard thing it to is to... and just what we were on about earlier about going somewhere and doing something and you know being a pass or a fail and you know being rejected it was very much like that so you had to go down and do a written exam then you had to do um, a trade test which included um, a massage and then you had to have um, a panel interview. Now, I'm not sure if it's still the same now, because obviously we're talking, gosh, it must be 20 years ago at least when I did that. Um, but it were intense. And, I mean, the written exam was really quite something back then. Um, and, I mean... But that just shows the standard. Well, that's it, um, that they were wanting. You know, that they're looking for. And then not only that, once you had passed and you got accepted, then you went to the training academy for at least six weeks. You could stay longer, but you had to do a minimum of six weeks then to cover everything that they wanted you to know with their treatments before you were right. allocated a shift. 
and again how exciting that was, it was how really exciting. good and I mean I love learning so each week we're a different topic a different product you know so they did everything from the therapy to um gosh trying to think of the name of the LMS was one of their so it were on their body treatments facial treatments electrical facial treatments uh, obviously they were really big yeah, on massage it's quite star-like definitely I mean, yeah. if anybody's ever been on a cruise I mean it is all spa-like treatments you know there's not many people that are going for nails um because most people have had them done that, before they go on that's the holiday. It. Unless they're on one of the bigger cruises, it's not, you know, or the, you know, wanting a fix. It's not something that they're really going to go for. They are going for facials, body treatments, pampers. the pampers, that kind of things. And of course, with Steiner, then it was all about the cell. Yeah. Because when you eventually did get a signed ship and you went on, you got what was um, a retainer. So you were like right. a basic wage and very very basic yeah. because not forgetting you were you were living on the ship for free more or less you know you were getting yeah. your board and food lodgings. lodgings and so you got your very basic and the rest of your money then went on commission off your treatments and the products that you saw so you soon learn <laughs> and very quickly yeah which is a great it's a great tool whether you're salon based you're home based it's giving your clients that aftercare advice and it's not because you want to give them the hard sell it's because you want them to maintain you know the effects at home um and it is difficult to to even say like well I had a really oh, good yeah. uh, teacher back then and one of my mentors and um, Bard Shirley she was called Shirley Bonner she would call one of my very dear friend now and I've made some fantastic friends from the cruise ships that I'm still friends with now um but she taught me then that you have got to be passionate about what you are selling and believe in what you are selling because if you don't it would just won't happen and never to sell anybody anything that they don't you don't believe in or that they you know don't truly need sometimes you can create a need but do they really want it and once you you do sell something to somebody that they really need and it is going to make a difference to them and their lives then it isn't a sale and that's it people believe in you then because if you're selling I hate the word selling because all right a lot of us are making um you know commissions and profits on something but it is just an extension of that treatment it's just helping them to get to where they want to be within their service yeah, oh. yeah definitely and it's just maintaining that result exactly or get, getting um, them to that result getting them to that point that they're wanting to achieve either with the nails or the feet or the face yeah. and we're, we're very very like that like we will only retail products in the studio that we hand on heart believe deliver results and I, and I think that's the thing for you is which were different for me on the cruise ships you are seeing those people time and time again you know so you have to stand by what you're saying and believe in what you're saying because you're going to see them people again and if it isn't working for them they're going to want to know why why did you recommend this the ships are a little bit different (laughs) that's why they've got them like um two hundred thousand pound diamond the cruise ships were just a fantastic time um i mean don't get me wrong it was hard yeah i think from what i've heard online and from other people it's not it's a lot of hours but not a lot of that's money that's it it's um, not for the faint hearted the oh, definitely definitely and the places that you're gonna see as well I mean yeah. who else has you know an extended lunch break on you know the beach in Aruba and you know things like that I mean my analogy of it back then I mean was it was a cross between um being in the navy and on an eight, and on an eighteen to thirties holiday, because that is literally what. Mix of oh my together. god, it was a fusion. You worked hard and you parted hard. It was the best. How old was she, Nikki, when you went on the? I'm trying ship? to think. Uh, Mid twenties when I went on. And how long? Did I you went stay on for, them for three years, and I mean, with the intention. When again, this is all from my experience, and this is you know talking nearly 20 years ago 
you had to go on for a minimum of nine months that was your first contract and then how life takes its turns within three months of being on I met my now husband uh, Tura who was um, an officer on board it were I had my uh, <laughs> gentleman <laughs> moment it were where to go Nikki um especially when I saw the size of his cabin so <laughs> <laughs> and I did say cabin <laughs> oh, what but again like? it's that um going back to that everything happens for a reason definitely and I mean I would I just I wasn't going on board the ship for that you know I was running away in a way to get a you know and obviously make money but I wasn't looking for that and that's just how things happen you know and people and I mean my husband's Norwegian so the cultural differences um it, I mean I'd never have dreamt never have dreamt that I'd have married a Norwegian sailor never <laughs> <laughs> but it's good when you now reflect on the fact that you know, maybe it wasn't meant to be that you didn't get that position at Yorkshire. Exactly. Team. Everything happens for a reason. And I mean, the person the person who did get it, it, it is actually fantastic. And she has gone on to win BAFTAs and she does the makeup or did the makeup Downton Abbey for Victoria. So, you know, that was her path. You know, that yeah. was her journey. Um, if I hadn't have gone on the ships, I wouldn't have met Tora. I wouldn't have my children now or the life that I have now. And do you know what? I don't re- regret it for one moment. Sometimes you think, you think, what if? But equally, you know, I see the people that are in that industry now and the sacrifices that they make to get where they wanted to be. And I, could I have done that? I'm not sure. And I genuinely feel now, I mean, that I am fulfilled. When I left the cruise ships, um, it, I'd been on for three years um, and unlike my husband that went on for um, well he went on 14 weeks on 14 weeks off I had to sign up for a contract each time well, because I met him I ended up doing a whole year without actually going home oh, on the gosh. ships and then what became hard was the times that I was then on the ships and he was at home because obviously we didn't it wasn't in sync um, and that got hard. And then I got to an age where I just thought, actually, I'm, I've, I mean, the places that I saw on the cruise ships are just phenomenal. I mean, I mean it's a standing joke with the kids when anywhere comes up on t- Oh, yeah, I've been. I've been. They're like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, so, and I mean, again, these places, I'd never dreamt to go into some of the places that I did. Where was your favourite place? Do you know, out of everywhere, I mean, my favourite city is St. Petersburg and favourite country is Italy um but yeah three years and then I came home back to England and then ended up with a little surprise of my (laughs) now eldest Imogen who's uh, 18 so then Tara and I decided to make base in in England even though we did spend time between England and uh, Norway um, but I, I had to make the decision to stay in England because he was still working on the cruise ships 14 weeks on yeah. that I needed to be close to my family. So then that brought its own challenges because obviously we had been away for 14 weeks and having a new baby. I mean, literally, he was home for a week and then he went out to sea for 14 weeks before he came back to see Imogen again. And that's what we had that for a few years. But what kept my sanity was I always kept working. I mean, I only worked part-time, but I did work in um, a local salon called The Orangery throughout all my pregnancies. I'll say all, both my pregnancies. Um, (laughs) It felt like a lot. Um, Yeah, so I kept my hand in beauty, which kept my, it really kept my sanity and my identity as well through those years. Then my, my youngest came along, Lucas, and then Tura changed his job and then he went to work on the um, oil rigs because he's actually um, a marine electrician by trade. 
doesn't like to be based at home. No, I don't know why that is, Shelby. <laughs> really don't know why, why that, that? that is. But do you know, we do, it keeps the spark in our relationship. So, um, so then, then when I had Lucas, I got to that stage where I just thought, do you know what, I need more. I'd always been so creative and wanted more for myself. So then I made the decision to do my teaching, which should have had my head seen to um, when you've got, you know, two children, two young children, and well, including a baby. Um, so I went along and did my certificate in education through Huddersfield University, which nearly broke me, let me tell you. But it was fantastic. Oh. But oh, my God, if I'd have only... How long of a course was it? So I spent three years because I initially did my petals 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 yes. whichever way around it is and they did my bridging work for um my certificate in education through Huddersfield University but alongside that I would have to get my teaching hours which I did through Wakefield College through the skills exchange and at, again with Wakefield College I did my A1 assessors course which were no mean feat doing all that in, you know, and working part-time and two children and your husband away. But I did it and I'm so glad I did. You must feel proud. I do. It, it were overwhelming. I do. <laughs> it was overwhelming at the time because as soon as I'd finished it, it was like, oh, my God, I never want to do anything again because it is just... <laughs> <laughs> I need a holiday. But it did make me look at things when I did finish that and just realised what I could achieve if I put my mind to it. So then I decided I was going to work for myself. So we converted our garage at home and turned that into a salon uh, where I was doing a full range of beauty treatments. The hard thing for me was, because of the background that I'd come from and the salons and the places that I worked, I only wanted high-end things to work yeah. with because that's what I believed in. Um, so I did find that a really massive strain financially and mentally, trying to keep up with that and offer that, particularly the financial side, because it did take me a long time to break even. And I think now a lot of people don't realise when they're starting a business and working from home, because a lot of people now have changes of career and think oh I'm going to do you know oh lots of people are working from a lot of people are doing beauty but I really don't feel the know what's involved with that the, the legal side of it the financial yeah. side of it for setting up it's not just that e easy you know to get going and I mean literally it took me three years um to break even yeah, it does I know when I started I mean I, I laugh because I was still at college and um, it were all acrylics oh, back God, then when yeah. I started. And I'm rubbish mm -hmm. at acrylics. I, am, I will hold my hands up and say I haven't touched acrylic for years and years and years. I think the first set must have took me about <laughs> six hours or something. Um, but then gel polish. Gel oh, polish. Oh, my God. Gel. When it an awakening, oh it was just like. Yeah, it was. But going back to what you said about starting a business. I had one pot of bio gel. One pot. It was one colour. It was number ten <laughs> in a tar. Oh, which was my favourite. <laughs> yeah. Kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, we will have to touch on that. Okay. Um, but it was like I had one pot, and if you were my friend and you wanted your nails doing, that were great. But you could only have number ten in a tar. To have the money to build up collections of. Back then, we had nail polish didn't we yeah. you know so you had to have the nail polishes you know gels everything that were involved in it because I were mobile to begin with it, it's such a financial strain and when you've got a family it's like I'm gonna get my phone book and I rob but like we've been there haven't we we've done we've both been mobile over the years we've both worked in salons over the years and we have had a garage conversion at one point similar to yourself but we were saying we had to find the money to convert the garage. And that were before we That's even it. then put the stock and the furniture in it and decorated it and then carried out the treatments we wanted to carry and out. And that, that's it. And particularly, I know we're very like-minded in the sense that we're going to offer high-end treatments, the biz, basically. And with that comes a price tag for charging. You know, I genuinely believe that I am giving the best 
of my ability in the treatments, the best products, and my experience. Your knowledge, you know, all your training. You know, when we when we look back and think, you know, how much has it cost us to train and retrain and keep up to date? Oh, and again, you know, the budget that I set myself every year for training, but that that is, you know, such an important thing for me is training and continual professional development yeah. each year. Um, that you know, obviously, that's something I'm I'm passionate about. Yeah, every time we seem to chat or catch up at the salon. Like, Nikki, what are you doing next? Where are you going? What course are you doing? What are you learning? That's one of the things I just kind of wanted to, to brush on when I did start my working for myself and at the salon at home. How it was just so hard for me to keep up with the pressures of working for yourself at home while you've got children and to keep up to date with all these treatments that I... And I mean, I'm not ashamed to say that I had my little wobble, call it what you may, you know, midlife crisis, whatever. Um, and I actually came out of it. I came yeah. out of beauty because it had literally yeah, got too much, the pressures of it. And I think particularly, again, working from home, doing facials, when you've got children in the house. And I just found myself, which I wasn't happy with, telling my children off for being noisy which they weren't really when I look back being noisy they were just living in their home yeah and and I just thought I can't do this to me or to them anymore I can't keep up financially to the level that I want to for all these things that I'm doing the thing is you've got to be making a profit that's at the it end of and the all day. the work that I was doing it just did not justify what I were bringing home yeah I know Wayne used to say to me, you're just playing sad. Yeah. I mean, it used to infuriate me, if I'm honest. But he was right. Yeah, this is it, yeah. In a, in a roundabout way, because what he was saying to me is, Amanda, you're working all these hours, but because I loved my job, it didn't feel like work, and I was paying out on products and replacing products and buying new products. But what actually at the end of the day what profit was yeah. there and looking back now it yeah right. <laughs> do you know now, I have to say to you though I like mum can't buy that you know we bought loads <laughs> this month mum we don't need another shade of nude gel I, polish we've got like a thousand nudes on the shelf I need you there. Shelby I think next time I'm going to put an order in I'll just run it by run it by you <laughs> We do the same with Anna, though, that yeah. works with us. Anna is terrible for ordering, and we laugh about it. And when she first started with us, when she brought a collection, we were like, Anna, you've got the whole of the gel bottle colours here. You know, where's all your money? I think, <laughs> her, reply, I think her reply was something like, no, I don't have snowflake. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that were like one colour out she of about 400. Have. Don't you think what's have. happening now is going to really affect how people are with orders and things? Because I know it yeah. has me, and since the coronavirus has started, I mean, oh my God, I am a salesman's wet dream. I genuinely, if there's, <laughs> yeah, if there's an offer, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I need that offer. I like selling ice to an Eskimo. <laughs> oh no, they don't have any trouble with me. But since the coronavirus started, I have said to myself if I am not bringing anything in nothing is going out you know yeah, other, yeah. I will hold my hand up other than training which I've done at home online which yeah. you've got a budget for <laughs> <laughs> yeah we were joking but I do have a plan every year of what I want to achieve in that year um, and then I have a, a five-year plan but I think it gives you focus I don't think you've got to be too wet up about that though because it will not always happen but I think it's really good to write it down visualize it see what you're wanting to achieve in that year see where you do get and then reflect on that yeah get yourself a little mood board a vision board because sometimes you look back and think actually what I thought was important isn't and I didn't, I don't really need to do that. However, you know, it, it just makes you look in a different way. But again, coming out of beauty, um, I had my sabbatical and then a few things happened um, 
with our family and things like that and it just made me have to readdress basically you know I'd have to either go get a proper job which I did set out to do actually to retrain in fact I mean as bizarre it was I actually got a place to do a dental course um which now when I look back I think oh my god but sometimes you have to do something else to realize yeah totally agree obviously I started the candle company as you know by complete didn't even intend to do it um and it took off and it were like, right, what do I do now? Do I do I stay in beauty or do I go down this route and have a complete change? And I did. And it was really yeah. hard work, really hard work. All our candles were made and poured by hand. You know, we were printing glasses. It were hard work, really hard work. And you didn't talk to anybody no. either. You didn't, you didn't see anyone. You didn't go to work. You didn't sit and chat with clients. You didn't have that, like, person-to-person contact. It were just me and mum in our house every day mm-hmm. making candles and sending them to the post office the only person we saw was the man <laughs> at the post office <laughs> yeah and I, I think I don't know it it makes you appreciate the industry and just what you do know actually and it makes you value yourself more so that yeah. whole experience people are like oh my god and I was like, no, nobody's going to make me feel bad about this because I feel quite empowered by it all, actually, because yeah. I've set out to do something which I achieved. I, I got onto it, which were a big thing in itself. But actually, I've got the guts and the maturity to hold my hands up and go, actually, no, this isn't for me. And actually, what is this saying? Is it a change is as good as a, a rest? And yeah. it then made me evaluate my life, my career, and what did I love? What were I passionate about? And it was nails and it was because of the creativity that you get with that. But the mix of it as well, because obviously for me, I do a lot of um, natural nails and pedicures as well. So it was just that variety. And I thought, and I mean, even while I was at you, you know, at dental school at university, I was still getting people, you know, if you decide you don't want to do it, where, you know, I'll always come back to you for me nails. And these texts were coming in every single day and I thought right I'm gonna start back but I'm just gonna do nails that's really similar to what I did really Mm. because I had a bit of a blip and I was like I want to go traveling I want to be able to take holidays when I want and not have a loss of income I want a pension I want to earn a good wage and I was like I'm gonna go work for police doing 999 Mm -hmm. call handling oh my god it was horrible absolutely horrible I hated every second of being in an office. You didn't speak to anybody because you had your headset on all the time. People were rude, whereas I used yeah. to clients that were so friendly um, and nice to me. And I thought, no, absolutely hate this. Shifts, night shifts, no, not for me. So I thought, <laughs> but then I was similar. I was getting texts all the time. Don't suppose you could do my nails on your day off. Don't suppose you're back doing nails yet. Have you still got your products at home? I'll come to you. I don't mind. And I thought, well, why aren't I going back to it? You know, I loved it. I loved doing the job. And I think I I just got sidetracked thinking about the negatives of it rather than the positives. And that's it. And turning it around where really I could have just taken a step back and reassessed. But, you know, hey-ho, that's life as with you. But it makes you appreciate things. But just something that you've said there about and this is something that, you know, I felt strongly about that, the whole pension thing, wanting a pension, wanting a regular wage, wanting regular hours. I felt so strongly about that a few years ago. And then when I were given that, how it just wasn't important. But I do feel that that's a podcast in itself about pensions for the yeah. beauty industry yeah, yeah. and that kind of thing, which I really wish I'd have been given more help and advice about that at a younger stage or at the beginning when it comes to charging that's like these things are not really taken people aren't taking it into account that we need to be charging the cost of the service and on top of that your overheads you know your rent your electrics um you know as well as what you've paid to train and your expertise as well as putting some money aside for a pension i've seen people charging really really low amounts and I'm thinking that isn't even covering the product 
let alone giving you a minimum wage. Well, you'll have been like me, Amanda, and you'll have been taught within your initial training um, price breakdown and, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. about, because that's it, you know, you'll have been taught about that as I was. So you know that you've got to charge X, Y, and Z just to, you know, and your time and all this. But I don't feel that that's what they're getting now, unfortunately. I don't feel that's the, the, yeah. the training that's, that's out there. Just going back to CPD, obviously we know you on a personal level, so we know that you have attended um, quite a few courses and a variety of courses as well. What has been your favourite course to go on? It might have been 20 years ago, it might have been last year. Oh my gosh, Um, (laughs) there's so many really. My God, where to start, Shelby? That's a really good one. I mean, to be honest, I've always been very impressed with um, CNDs. Um, I mean, we're fortunate being in the north of England that um, we're sweet squared. Just trying to think of my dates. Last year, year before, I did my Master Painters with um, Sweet Squared at C&D Master Painters. Now, that is a collection of courses that then, once you've done all those, you can then do the Master Painters at the the end. Um, but again, yeah. it's things that you've got to revise for. It's a test and it's um, basically a, a trade test. And the one thing about that that I did like you you passed or failed now if you failed you were invited back and obviously you could redo that but there was that unfortunately if you did not reach that mark in the exam or that standard within the practical element you were not going to pass and I think that that were really good so yeah really enjoyed that one thing we've not touched on is your Scratch Stars fan Well, Ooh. thank you very much. Thank <laughs> you, Shelby, to you. But to be honest, that were all, that were again to do with my CPD, why I got on that journey and when I were coming back to the industry because I've always loved Scratch. It has been one of my most yeah. favorite yeah. because it's just so engaging, it's so different, it's so creative. You know, you've got your stories, you've got your technical bits, you've got, your creative bits so I just love it so much and it always inspires me but there were literally I signed back up um to get it when I came back to work for myself when I knew I was going to do nails and within that first issue it was scratch stars awards and I knew I needed focus and I knew I needed purpose and I thought that this is it the first time I saw it I thought I'm not ready but I will work towards it this year and within that year I really work towards it with me and the images because for me I'm of an age where the whole Instagram even Facebook I just was not of that generation I mean one of my biggest things were posting my first picture on Instagram and when I think back that's only two years ago and how fearful I was about doing it and just the whole technical side I mean you guys doing this podcast it's like oh my god you know it's like amazing but no but the scratch magazine and scratch awards has given this focus and it's really a good way of self-reflecting because what you do have to achieve obviously to get through to be a finalist and what you have to put forward and you've really it's not one of them things that you can just well I personally don't some people may disagree but it, it, it is a year of planning for me for that yeah. uh, with regards to photos um again the continual professional development is all part of that process i found that as i know like last year i'll hold my hand up and say i applied last year for gel polish stylist of the year um and didn't get in obviously but um last year i was i sort of saw it and thought should i shouldn't i yeah, I'll do it. I'll just find some pictures from my Instagram and I'll screenshot them and send them and I'll answer the questions. Whereas this year, I sat down, I did the form, I went back over my answers time and time again before I actually submitted them. And I actually read the rules. (laughs) I submitted submitted good photos, not screenshotted photos. You know, and I thought about during the year, like, right, well, I've got Rachel in tonight and I know she'll let me do anything on her nails and this is what I want to do. And let's see if Rachel will let me do it. And then I have that photo for the scratch application. 
And if I'd not thought like that, I don't think I'd be in the finalists. Yeah, you wouldn't have been as prepared. And also, like you say, you didn't read the rules. No. You know, the first time round, you know, photographs couldn't have been edited no, in, in any no kind way. of way. No watermarks. Yeah, um, which, you know, you're a bit more... But, but equally, I um, would say, do it because just... Because, because I could have, in my mind for so long said I'm not ready I'm not because you look and you unfortunately we're all guilty of this we compare ourselves to other people and other people's work and it just took that courage to go actually well you've got to be in it to win it and you do know I mean you've got you've got to take part so last year obviously I did take the plunge and there were nobody more surprised than me and I can genuinely say it is to this day and I was sat at the dining room table with my children we were eating pancakes I'll never forget um <laughs> when that email came through to say that I'd been nominated as um, a scratch finalist for yeah. the for the gel polish and oh my I, I, literally it is one of the high points of my life I, screamed, oh, I can you? still feel that euphoria that I felt because it to me, at that moment in time, I was a winner because I had got through to the finals and I was just going to enjoy the rest of it for what it was because that had been just such an achievement for me to get there. So what do you think's the next step in your career? What's, what's in store for, for Nikki, Nikki House, House Nails, Nails? Again, more training um obviously with lockdown a lot of things have been put on hold um so I'm just looking forward to when things get back to normal for that but again like I said earlier I really would like to utilize my education and um obviously the training the teaching that I've done um and utilize that in the future but again more things with social media with doing things online, with promoting. Um, I mean, there's loads of things that I'd love to be involved with, brand ambassadors um, for loads of places because I'm so passionate about the things that I use. I just want to get that across. Um, And taking it more down that way, I feel, because I'm I'm getting a lot out of that. Well, we're excited to see. And likewise for you, and I wish Shelby the best of luck at the scratch. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for chatting with us. It's been great. Thoroughly enjoyed it, and can't wait to see you once this is all over. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please leave us a review and subscribe. We would love to connect with you on social media. You can follow us on Instagram at the Beauty Edit Podcast or join our Facebook group, the Beauty Edit Podcast Society. Thank you so much again and please do look out for another episode of the Beauty Edit Podcast.